Welcome to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. I hope that you are doing well wherever you're joining me from. Um, my name is Lisa Wilkerson, and yes, let's get started. Another episode. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things that I like to do in all the jobs that I have. Um, and when people ask me what I do, I say, I have 5,000 jobs because I feel like that sometimes. Um, but I think interviewing people is probably one of my favorite jobs that I do. Um, I've interviewed all kinds of people, everyone from celebrities to CEOs to, you know, people who are in charge of nonprofits to everyday people on the streets. I've done quite formal interviews where it's like a sit down interview. I've also done extremely informal interviews. I've done tons of red carpet stuff where you're basically throwing yourself at the publicist. Pick me, pick me. I need to get an interview for the wow, wow, you know, Academy Awards, whatever. Um, so yeah, I've just done all kinds of interviews. And what I love the best, I think about it is that you just don't know what you're going to get, right? Um, and that, I don't know, just that rush of connecting with someone and getting a little bit about their story. And um, I don't know, there's just so many things that I really like about interviewing. But anyway, so I want to start, though, and give you an idea as to how I really got started in a very kind of indirect way, I think, my first job being exposed to interviewing was in radio. It's when I got my first job ever in radio, when I was about 18, 19, working at the brand spanking new radio station, J-Wave, in Japan. Uh, it was a huge deal for Japan, right? And I think I mentioned that before in a previous episode, but I started working with the morning show called Tokyo Today, and it was hosted by John Kabira, who continues to be one of my favorite people in the world. He's a wonderful mentor. And he was my first boss on radio. Um, it was a Monday through Friday show. And in that show on Tokyo Today, there was a live interview segment. And it was done at 7.45 a.m., Monday through Friday. It was a sponsored segment. In other words, tons of pressure uh, to get things right every day. So I was helping with that. And basically this interview segment was to call people around the world about interesting things, interesting places, unique things that are happening. Um, and in order to do that, remember this is late 80s, so there's no social media. Um, the only way that you can really get a hold of someone is by calling or by faxing them. Um, and sometimes, and email would also work as well. But, um, even then, email wasn't really a thing, you know, yet. I mean, some people had it, lots of people didn't. So, and I helped to coordinate this. And oh my goodness, sometimes I would call, you know, because I do a lot of cold calling. So I'd be calling different countries around the world saying, hi, my name is Lisa Wilkerson and I'm working for J-Wave and we want to interview you for the morning show. And a lot of times they thought I was joking um, or that one of their friends was pulling a prank on them. So we didn't always get the interview. 
Uh, but I think in general, actually, we managed to pull it off, which I still can't believe to this day. Um, but probably one of the interviews that stands out the most is actually uh, kind of strange timing. But in 1990, January of 1990, uh, the first ever McDonald's opened in Russia, in Moscow, and we got an interview with the manager of McDonald's. And so we reached out to him and we asked him, so, you know, like John would ask about what kind of items were really popular, how long the wait was, and just all this kind of stuff. So the interview was probably about five minutes long. Um, John would be interviewing and asking questions. And then after the interview's done, then he would, of course, relay everything in Japanese to all the listeners. Um, so that was really how I got my first exposure to this whole bilingual interview setup, right? And I think that he was a great mentor for that. Um, then I started doing a lot of interviewing with a TV show called Countdown Groove, a huge TV show in Japan. And this was more of a sit-down interview. I interviewed so many different people. Um, let me see. Who did I interview? Oh, Montel Jordan, Maxi Priest, Jody Watley, Earth, Wind, Fire, Cool in the Gang, Monica, Color Me Bad. I mean, like a lot of these 90s artists, you know, that were just getting started or had been around for a while. I had the opportunity to interview them. Probably one of my favorites was Robert Palmer, who I loved from the 80s. Remember the Palmer Girls? Um and I was super excited about interviewing him. And I remember I wore this super cute uh, kind of form fitting. It was almost a, I would call it like sports fashion in a way. It was um, a pretty long dress, but short sleeves and had like a little hood on it. Um and it was really cute. It was one of my favorite things to wear. And then I wore it with a short cropped um, Adidas uh, sh jacket, right? That was of the same kind of texture, almost like a nylon kind of texture, I think. Um, and yeah, it was one of my favorite things to wear. And it was really comfortable and really cute. So I remember wearing that to the interview and then I found out that we were going to this Japanese, very formal restaurant where I had to take my shoes off. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. I wore my gym socks and they have holes in them, both of them in the big toe. And I was like, no. Uh, so... I, we get to the restaurant and then I meet Robert Palmer and it was so funny because he was like, that's such a cute outfit. And, I, and so I was really, you know, I was like, yay, super proud, proud moment for me. Um, and then I have to sit down and take my shoes off and he just happens to notice that I have big holes in my socks and he looks at me, he's like, Ah, oh, boy. Oh, no. And I was so embarrassed. Oh, my gosh. So, of course, you know, I took the, I took the socks off and I did it barefoot and, you know, all that. But, um, yeah, it was just so funny. But he was really wonderful, just very, very witty um, and full of, you know, all kinds of jokes. And he was just a very fun interview. 
Um, another one that I did, which was with the Backstreet Boys, I'm not a big fan of boy bands. Um, but I heard that there was this new band that was going to be all over the place. And so we were getting an opportunity to be one of the first people to interview them. Um, they were going to release their debut album in Japan first because they had worked down agreement with the record label. And so I got the CD, um, their debut CD, Backstreet Boys. So I listened to it. I was like, eh, not so good. I don't think they'll do very well. And then, <laughs> and then they show up for the interview and I quickly connect with Kevin, the oldest uh, member, because he's a huge Prince fan. Right. So we talked about Prince and how he's just amazing. And then we start the interview and it was so much fun. Um, one thing I do like about working with bands, interviewing bands, is you get to see that band dynamics. You get to hear the chatter and like all the everything that goes on, the chemistry that goes on in the band, like, you know, the bragging on each other, laughing at each other, joking with each other. That's one of my favorite things to see. Right. Um, so I walked away after the, you know, Backstreet Boys. Um, interview thinking, well, you know, I really like them. I don't think their music will do very well, but you know, um, yeah, hopefully they'll, you know, sell some albums. Little did I know they're of course, one of the biggest boy bands uh, in history. Um, so there's that, uh, another group or that I interviewed was the Beastie Boys. And this was for their album, Hello Nasty, which came out in 1998. They were in Japan promoting the album, also doing a few live shows for the album. And if you remember your videos from around that time, they had a video that they actually shot in Shinjuku Station where they were kind of like robots. And, you know, there's a lot of Japanese influence going on in that album and in the video. Um, so, of course, I had to talk about that. And, you know, so I started off the interview and was asking questions but they wouldn't answer my questions. And they kept on, like I would say, so tell me a little bit about the concept or the video. And then one of the guys would be like, well, we got caught up in a monster. And then there was a robot. And he just started going off on this crazy tangent. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, so then we went on for like 15, 20 minutes. I was really getting frustrated and then the, you know, and then I, you know, I, I got a um, message from the director or the producer and he's like, Lisa, we need to get these questions. I And I said, I know I keep asking these questions, but they don't give me the answer. Right. So this went on. I think I interviewed them for probably almost an hour and kept trying, you know, different approach, try to get them to answer this one question. Um, and it just wouldn't happen. So finally the director was like, okay, um, okay, I think we're good. And so we stopped the interview. I was so frustrated. Oh my gosh. You know, and then they're like, oh, do you want to come see the show? I was like, no, I don't think so. Not after you just gave me a lot of grief. Um, but then I came to find out later that, that's kind of what they do on some of their interviews. It's this whole Beastie Boys 
image, right, that they portray. And so that's what they were doing. Um, wish I had known earlier because then I would have approached it very differently. But anyway, so that was a very frustrating interview. Um, another one that was, oh my gosh, just all over the place was, I don't know if you remember a British electropunk group, um, The Prodigy. In the 90s, they had a big hit with Firestarter. I'm your Firestarter. I'm your Firestarter. It was kind of like this really big dance uh, hit. And they also had another one called Smack My Bee Up, which, you know, not going to say the full name of the. Uh, um, but anyway, they also were in Japan promoting their album and doing a live show. And they were doing it um, at a big club called Belfare. So I went there, met with the record label and, you know, the people from Countdown Groove. And we were going over the questions. And I just remember, like, the Keith Flint, who's the lead vocalist, he had this really kind of shocking white um, bleached hair, blonde hair, like, you know, he was really tatted up. He had like, you know, piercings all over and, you know, and he was all over the place. He was like bouncing on the walls. I didn't know what to do. It was crazy. And, you know, but I just kept going and I just kept asking questions. And I mean, it was chaos. Like I really felt so frustrated in the moment. Um, but I got through it somehow. And then the record label took me aside afterwards and said, Oh, Lisa son, you're the only one who's been able to get an interview, like a proper interview out of, out of, especially Keith Flint. And I'm like, really? That was a proper interview. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so there was that. Now, another one that I did that's probably the funniest one that I did for uh, Countdown Groove is a small band that you might know, Radiohead. This was for their debut album, and they were in Japan once more promoting the album. They were going to be doing a small showcase for media and record label, you know, just a kind of invitation only kind of thing. And so we went to their hotel and we were going to interview them. And um, I went, met with the crew for Countdown Groove, and then also met with the record label people and, you know, just going over things. The guys from the band came in. Um, and then all of a sudden I see the record label uh, rep panic. He's like, oh, no, oh, no. Um, we need to wait for one more person. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. So come to find out, Thom York is can't find him anywhere. Like they have called the room. He doesn't answer. And we're waiting for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Finally, the guys, other guys in the band are like, you know, let's just go ahead and do it. You know, I don't know where he is, but, you know, we called to can't get a hold of him. Um, so let's just do the interview and, you know, and we'll just, yeah, I mean, there's nothing we can do. So we started the interview and I was talking to the guys about the debut album and, you know, about Japan getting their impression about, you know, how it is to have a hit album and to be in all these 
foreign countries promoting this album. And then wouldn't you know, we are probably about 15, 20 minutes into the interview when all of a sudden the sweet room door opens and there is the lead vocalist, Tom York. And his hair, oh my gosh, was all over the place. You could tell he had just woken up. Like he had this kind of short hair and it was just a mess. It was all over the place. It really was. Um, and he came in, he's like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so sorry. I overslept. And everyone in the, in that room, of course, the guys in the band loved it. Like we all laughed so hard. Um, but then of course the, you know, the people from the crew from, uh, Countdown Groove continued filming this whole thing. Right. Cause they're like, I mean, this is comedy gold. So he sat down and he finished the interview with, the band, um, still having this crazy bed hair. It was so funny. Um, I've also done a lot of interviews with radio as well. Right. And I guess, um, Kanye West would be one that stands out. Interestingly, um, with Kanye, he was not at all like, you know, the Kanye that I see now, he wasn't all over the place. He wasn't um, kind of manic, very, he came across as very personable and it was a really good interview. And I went to the hotel that he was staying at and we went into a, um, there was like a business center. And so we went there and we did the interview and he was really nice and it was you know totally fine. I also interviewed Rihanna when she first started off. And I remember, um, with that, it was very interesting because you could tell there was, she had such an entourage. There were like eight people already, right? And this is when she had only released her umbrella single. So she was just getting started, but already had a huge entourage and, um, and they were very controlling of, the questions and the time and all that. So, um, you know, I, she came across to me though, as extremely competent, um, almost to the point of kind of cocky in a way, but also this could be attributed to being so young. Cause I think she was what, 17, 18 when I interviewed her. Um, another really cool interview that I did was with pink and I interviewed her twice on for radio. First time was for her debut album, uh, Can't Take Me Home, uh, the one that was released in 2000. And then the second one was 2003, Twi- Try This. And what was really interesting to me about these two pink interviews is I saw a very different woman. In 2000, she was just getting started. She had just released two singles. Her album was very R&B uh, flavor to it, you know, and um, when I would ask her questions on the radio show, she would always look at the music executive people, um, you know, or her manager when she would be answering question, which I thought was very, you know, I mean, so it's very kind of recited. Right. Um, and then when I met her and and also not so confident is kind of how it seemed to me. It didn't it just everything seemed very not, um, I don't know, a little bit uneasy almost. But then I met when I saw her again in 2003, 
it was a completely different artist because she was very carefree and she was very, you know, she spoke up and much more comfortable in herself. Um, I think and in her skin and in her artistry. And so that was really cool to watch that growth that had happened, right, with the artists. Um, another really cool interview I did was with Beyonce when she was in Japan. Um, she was there actually for a fashion launch and, I was doing street reporting for a radio show on J-Wave, which is the countdown show. And it was so funny because I reached out to a friend of mine who rented out these super awesome Hummers. And for this show, um, we got this yellow and black striped, super pimped out Hummer. And we were going around... Tokyo, um, around the area of Shibuya and Harajuku, you know, kind of where everything happens. And I was doing various reports that day. Um, and the finale was Beyonce. Um, and, and we got her and it was really cool. She was gorgeous, of course. Um, very soft-spoken and very almost kind of shy, you know, in her interview. Um, but really, really wonderful to work with. Um, another thing that I think was another uh, radio interview that was a lot of fun was when I interviewed the Bare Naked Ladies Canadian band. They came to Japan. They were promoting their album One Week or their single One Week um, and their album. And they were doing some shows in Japan. And so they joined me. At that time, I was doing a Monday through Friday drive time show. And I just remember the drummer, um, he kept mimicking my voice. He was like, hello, this is Liesl on primetime. Hello, hello. And every time I would say, a, or I would say something, or I would ask him a question, he kept doing that. Like, and he had this shock of crazy hair, I just remember. Um, he almost looked like... Uh, like a Muppet or like Fraggle Rock or, uh, you know, like one of those guys. This is my image, um, is what I remember. Probably totally not wrong. I mean, not right. But, um, and it was so funny because he, he just kept bringing it back to that. And then, you know, when we were like listening to the song and there were like a couple minutes of silence here and there, and he'd be like, hello, my name is Liesl welcome to prime time. And he just kept doing that radio voice over and over again. So anyway, that was a lot of fun. Um, I am going to leave it at this right now. I do have other interviews that I want to talk, you know, about, but I think what we'll do is we'll do a part two, um, for interviews, fab and fails. Um, but I just want to thank you as always for supporting my podcast and me and, Super excited about my merchandise, and hopefully I'll be able to get that out there soon so you guys can get your hands on that. I will be having my first ever interview on Adventures of a Blind Geisha, so please make sure to check out uh, the next episode as well. So until we meet again in the podcast sphere, live for lots and love and peace, and I will talk to you soon. The Blind Geisha signing off. Bye.
Clearly, clearly, clearly. 